Welcome to the What's What Weekly Wrap-Up. Today's show focuses exclusively on this week's features from the WFUV Newsroom. I'm David Escobar. And I'm Maya Sargent. And here are this week's feature stories. Throughout the summer, New York City has been struggling with poor air quality from wildfires up north. So, WFUV's Isabel Danzis sat down with Fordham professor Stephen Holler to discuss the hazy conditions around the city and future climate events in New York. Could you start by kind of explaining what happened at the start of June that caused kind of that orange haze over New York City? There were wildfires on the east, uh, the eastern end of Canada that uh, the smoke and particulate matter from those fires blew down into the eastern uh, U.S. I heard a lot about what New York looked like in terms of the orange haze, but this was an event in Canada. So what was kind of going on in Canada? I imagine it probably looked the same. I hadn't seen any pictures from Ottawa, mm-hmm. but I did see um, I, I did see the orange haze in New York. Uh, and I did look at the air quality sensors, the network that we're part of, and I saw that the pollution that was blowing down was actually going as far south as Georgia. Um, so all this particular matter, all this smoke was creating this, this deep haze in the... Uh, in the atmosphere that was scattering the light or making it very difficult for that light to uh, to come through. And so it gave off this orange appearance. Have clients, scientists kind of been looking into this type of effect and was it something that was kind of predicted to happen or was this, no one knew it was gonna happen? No, we, we've known that this kind of event uh, is uh, is very likely to happen. There is There, there has been an abundance of, of fires in, uh, in the Southwest US. Um, the areas dry out, uh, the precipitation patterns change, forests dry out, and they just become more susceptible to, uh, to forest fires, whether either naturally caused or through uh, some other event. Uh, as, as the planet continues to warm, right, as we, we face and, and tackle the challenges of climate change and global warming, there are areas that will dry out. They will become more susceptible. I think it was unusual that the eastern side of Canada was on fire. Uh, usually we think of forest fires there out on the west coast. We see them in California, Arizona, New Mexico, out in the southwest, even in the, the western side of Canada. But this was an unusual event, I think, uh, in terms of its location uh, and certainly its size and the extent of its uh, the, the particulates the smoke that came from them was pretty widespread. Could you elaborate a little bit on why this location was unique? Why don't these types of events tend to happen on the East Coast as much? I think the the East Coast tends to see more rain in the summertime. The West Coast tends to be pretty dry during the summer. Uh, the rainy season starts in the fall, maybe October or so, uh, and runs through early in the year, uh, whereas the East Coast, we tend to have more consistent precipitation, especially in the spring months, right? As we look at April, May, June, there are very often uh, lots of, an abundance of rain. As kind of climate change progresses and more places get dried out, is it more likely that these events will continue or happen more frequently on the East Coast too? Uh, yeah, I think that's, that's highly likely um, as, we, as we dry out, as these forested areas become more flammable in a sense. Uh, then yeah, we will see these events, and they will rede- re- they'll release large amounts of particulates, which are going to have a significant health impact to uh, to people, especially those with respiratory disease. But the levels that we're seeing actually were were harmful to uh, the population in general. 
That was WFUV's Isabel Danzis talking to Dr. Stephen Holler about New York City's air quality. This month, the WFUV newsroom is reporting on some of the advocacy work happening across New York City. The Department of Transportation is proposing the addition of a new bus lane on Fordham Road, but this has caused some debate between local businesses and commuters. In the first part of this two-part series, I attend a rally hosted by the Riders Alliance, an organization who wants to see the DOT's proposal implemented as soon as possible. Fordham Road is an artery for drivers going east to west in the Bronx. It's used daily by commuters traveling by subway, the Metro North, and most notably, the bus, which has become a contentious topic for Fordham Road commuters. To give you a visual, right now, Fordham Road has a bus lane that runs curbside on either side of the road. It's home to six different bus routes, including the BX-12 and the BX-9. But the Department of Transportation says they have a plan to upgrade bus priority on Fordham Road. In a statement, a DOT spokesperson confirmed they're developing designs for an offset bus lane. That's a bus lane that would sit one lane away from the curb instead of curbside where it currently sits. And DOT says that would deliver faster and more reliable bus services. But the proposal is causing a divide in opinions within the community. One of the largest organizations in support of the DOT's offset bus lane is the Riders Alliance. They have hosted several rallies on Fordham Road over the past few months. They're also asking Mayor Adams to change the layout of Fordham Road. And at this particular rally, they were joined by representatives from Local 1010, the Labor Union, and the MTA. We're here today because Mayor Adams made a promise to bus riders to speed up the nation's slowest and most unreliable buses. That's Danny Palstein. He's the Policy and Communications Director at the Riders Alliance. He says changes to the bus service are needed because the Bronx is the poorest borough and the most heavily transit dependent. There are no crosstown subway routes. There are 85,000 people on this bus every single day. The medium Bronx bus rider is a low-income immigrant woman of color, somebody who historically hasn't been at the table at City Hall when these decisions are being made. Derek Holmes is the digital strategist for the Riders Alliance. He says they want more than just an offset bus lane, and he's fighting for a more long-term solution. And that is to implement a new busway that can all but eliminate the traffic congestion that impedes buses. Abby Jura is a member of the Riders Alliance and a student at Fordham University Rose Hill. She also supports the busway. Speaking to a crowd at the rally, she said delays caused by the current bus service impact her work and school schedule. Because the bus is stuck in traffic, we often miss the train and have to wait for the next one. Shanifa Riera, the acting chief customer officer at the MTA, also attended the rally. She says it's important for their customers to be able to move east to west in a quick and reliable way. And no one should be second guessing when their buses are coming or even sitting on a bus waiting, watching people go by walking faster than buses. But the Department of Transportation's proposal is experiencing some pushback. Several key businesses in the community firmly oppose a new bus lane and a busway. Peter Madonia is the chairman of the Belmont Business Improvement District. He recently wrote a letter to Mayor Adams detailing his concerns. It was co-signed by representatives from local institutions including Fordham University, the Bronx Zoo, 
and the New York Botanical Gardens. They say making the road less accessible for cars could impact revenue for a neighbourhood that relies on daily tourism from the region. In part two of this two-part series, I delve deeper into this complex issue. I explore why these businesses are opposing the Department of Transportation's proposal and the alternative they would like to see implemented instead. I'm Maya Sargent, WFUV News. That was my co-host, Maya Sargent, talking with representatives from the Riders Alliance and the MTA about the changes they want to see to Fordham Road's bus service. The story will continue next week, where we'll find out why some local businesses are not in agreement. And that's it from us. But you can check out the What's What weekly wrap-up every week for more features exclusively from the WFUV newsroom. And make sure to check out the WFUV What's What daily podcast every weekday at 3 for the latest local news and feature stories from FUV. And as always, you can find out more at WFUV.org slash news. I'm David Escobar. And I'm Maya Sargent. And that's What's What.